2: Oh,
5: Recorded live. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not out. i tell you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's going to find out who's not right now. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's he knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so welcome good for to the Golden Gullet. Oh, now you better watch. You better and
6: Hey, Big
0: Hello, everybody. Christmas. Almost, almost. And it's going to be here very, very soon. Yes, it's what two more sleeps to go, and somebody who's used to sleeping quite a lot. Uh, it's Mr.
7: JVC. <laughs> I just hope Megan's wake
8: doing up, very Dave. well. Wake up, Dave! Wake up, uh, uh, <laughs> Dave!
7: Wake
8: up! <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I assume Megan's dealing quite well with her three children.
0: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. There she is. Yes, she is. <laughs>
9: Okay. I'm um, <laughs> nobody played the requisite Megan clip.
0: Uh, no, I don't have that one. <laughs>
6: mm,
3: Funnily enough. I not malicious.
0: Um, no, no, not at all. Alright, let's see what other uh, naughty children are in the room. <laughs> Joining us, it's Kobo 4747 Hello, <laughs> Kobo. Hi, hey, hey, Dave. Hi. Hey. How are you? Too bad. Popping out a little bit there, but you're just excited to see us, I know.
9: Especially you. Good to see you feel a better.
0: better. Uh, yes, feeling much, much better. Much better. All right, also joining us, uh, fully powered, is Mr. Dar Skeptical.
4: Well, I don't know about fully powered, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, He puts the AC in Dave AC. Oh, hello.
8: (laughs) I I think it was somebody, a next-door neighbor, trying to put out all his lights. He's having a competition with the neighbor, see who can have the most decorated uh, house with all all the Christmas and things.
4: Well, it was definitely my next-door neighbor, but he wasn't doing anything but being stupid about locations of power line.
10: Uh,
2: Call before you dig.
0: Call twice, dig once.
4: And then you won't get a twelve hundred dollar bill
0: from me, right on Christmas Eve. Wow! I oh, he'll love that. And that's nice Christmas present. <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> anyway, also joining us it's Jeff, the Seventh Doctor. Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> yes, I'm here, cold and all. <laughs> Uh, it seems to be going around, sir. It seems to be going around. It,
7: it certainly is.
0: If it's the same one I had, uh, the good thing is, it's a short ride.
7: <laughs> well, I've had this for three days now. Hopefully it's about over.
0: Yeah. Mine was about three, so... But uh, yeah, so, Hopefully you're going to be out of it very, very soon. Thank you, sir. And uh, holding on the phone, it's Mr.
2: Cuddly Ken. Happy holidays, Ian and Dave. Is this the Island of Misfit Toys?
0: <laughs> the Island of Misfit Podcasters is not
2: quite so popular. <laughs> I think so. I think so. You could call me Yukon Tennelius today. Ooh. Just, just don't
0: call you. late for lunch.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, dear. Happy holidays. All right. <laughs> That's all of us that on audio. Let's see what naughty toys are under the cone of silence.
11: Control, new agent training program,
6: section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable
11: cone of silence.
0: And hanging mistletoe under the cone, Barman54 is here. Mystery presenter is also joining us. Uh, Mr. Randall Thor is also keeping Cyborg company. Good to have you guys all.
9: Technically, should you introduce Barman as under the cone as its kin?
0: No, no, it's his doppelganger,
2: don't you know? Yes, yes. We're two separate entities. It's a mystery. Related. It's a mystery. Don't, <laughs> don't let on, Kobo. It's our secret. <laughs> Have another Mountain Dew. Be
6: quiet.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. All right. One okay. more person to right. introduce. And uh, right. he's, got his, he's got his little Santa's hat on. He looks rather cute at the at the keyboard. It's yeah. the typing monkey. It's
9: news time. <laughs> To take come! You.
8: I was going to say, come, Tiger, come. <laughs> come on for Christmas. All right.
0: and, and and some some brief news, because uh, especially this time of year, uh, with us heading towards, uh, course of course, a couple of days, the uh, Doctor Who Christmas special. All of our news is pretty much spoilers, so uh, we're just kind of avoiding that. It is coming up, it is happening, it will be on TV. So there you go, there's news for that. Uh, other news, uh, as mentioned uh, earlier this month, uh, at least on the Doctor Who news, I'm not sure if we brought it up or not. Uh, the BFI uh, plan to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who with special screenings each month next year in the lead-up to the anniversary itself. The organization has now announced details about the first quarter of uh, 2013. As previously mentioned, at uh, least on this page, the season kicks off uh, with uh, the very beginning with William Hartnell and an Unearthly Child on uh, January 12th. Uh, this will be followed on the 9th of February with Patrick Troughton tackling Tomb of the Cybermen. Then in March, John Pertwee is up against the Master as uh, Mind of Evil is unveiled in newly restored
3: colour. Colour!
0: All stories are accompanied by a Q&A panel um, though guests have yet to be announced. Uh, Justin Johnson, a BFI programmer, said, The BFI is very proud of our long relationship with both uh, the BBC and Doctor Who production team. Uh, We are delighted to be playing complete stories featuring each incarnation of the Doctor, uh, supported by Q&As with special guests, as well uh, as the TV work. We also plan to play newly digitally restored versions of the Peter Cushing uh, films, courtesy of Studio Canal. Uh, This is the perfect opportunity for old fans and new to come and learn about the genesis of the show and its continuing journey. Uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Who's executive producer, Carolyn Skinner, said, uh, to be doing this enormous and exciting project for the BFI is just a dream come true. We're delighted that in the 50th, uh, year of the show. Uh, we, have such a brilliant, we have such brilliant support from BFI for a celebration of Doctor Who's cultural heritage. Some of the stories we are going to show are thrilling, surprising, funny, and just plain classic TV. Enjoy, everyone! In November, the climax of BFI's celebration will include a special preview of An Adventure in Time and Space, the drama written by Mark Gaddis, exploring the personalities that brought the longest-running sci-fi series to life. There you go. And, of course, the uh, stories representing the other eight doctors will be confirmed uh, next year. All righty. Brilliant. That was a lot of reading. Did it all right? All right. (laughs) I wrote it all myself. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I didn't. (laughs) Thank you very much, of course, as always, to the Doctor Who news page, uh, to which uh, we'd be kind of lost without when we don't have much in the way of news. And uh, we always check in there. So thank you to the people there who scoured the internet and uh, write these lovely little articles for us to read out. Uh, Got to give credit where credit is due. And thank you to them. All right. Not now, Excellent. All right. Excellent. Not to see here. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know how to fill a void. <laughs> awesome. I'm like shipping it. Um, All right. Well, that's all for news. Uh, so before we move on to our topic, if you want to become involved in the Golden Collective, here
10: is how you do it. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a U.S. number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a zip client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have Shoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you.
0: Oh, and some, some other just brief news to, to hand, something I'd seen uh, earlier this week in somebody. Uh, Reminded me, of course, uh, in the text chat. uh, Who was that now? Uh, That was... Oh, Jeff again. Was Yeah, uh, the uh, TARDIS PC system has been launched. Uh, uh, Bolton-based scan computers has been officially licensed by BBC Worldwide Worldwide to produce uh, the aluminum-scale model of the TARDIS, um, which has been finished in the Pantone Blue of the Doctor's ship. Uh, it comprises 45 pieces of individually cut brushed al- aluminum or aluminium, depending on where you are. All based uh, on the prop model and measures uh, 205 millimeters by 205 by 430. Uh, the basic tech specs of the of the PC uh, includes the following: uh, Intel Pentium uh, G2120 dual core processor, uh, 8 gig. Uh, of course, their vengeance. Uh, DD3, DDR3 memory, 500-gig uh, hard drive, Blu-ray reader, and uh, Windows uh, Windows 7. Uh, so, yes, uh, if you go to the uh, Doctor Who uh, news site, and also the link that is in our, uh, our text chat here, uh, you'll be able to uh, get more information on this. I'd love to have this computer. I'd just love to have the tower, just so I could shop my computer in this. Looks great. I mean, just have the TARDIS just sitting there. That's fantastic. So um, I've seen the pictures uh, circulating on on, on uh, Facebook and, and all sorts, but uh, yeah, uh, it's
9: so, like take my money now. Yes, yes, yeah,
0: that that I think that's <laughs> the picture mm. I saw had that on it. It was like just
9: shut up and take my
0: money. So yeah, <laughs> it is fantastic looking. So yeah, uh, check that out. And uh, it's I will accept uh, late Christmas presents. Uh, just just so you know, um, mm-hmm. I haven't received my John Barrowman coat. Or uh my Sarah Jane car yet. Uh but uh yeah, I'll be looking for them so <laughs> All right, Dave. Take me out of this hole. Yeah.
8: just don't hold that panel and answer the phone. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, okay. Well uh, we're oh, throwing me off there. Uh, uh Mr. Presenter, um... Obviously, we're doing the topic. I'll try and put some links in, but if if you if you go and uh, check um, the You uh, Sport page, uh, that might help you with uh, getting something working. There's you can go see I can blink or try the telephone uh, uh, on Mac software. Um, but uh, yeah, today's topic, episode 182. It's TV show. Christmas special. And if you are of uh, better memory than myself, you may remember that only last week, doesn't seem long ago does it, episode 181 we did Best Christmas Movies Ever. And of course that is available on our uh, call series page as uh, is call series uh, 54821 are on iTunes. Message. Eh? Along with our Christmas message. Oh, along with our Christmas message. Yes, along with our Christmas messages, which I might play a clip of towards the end of the show. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. it depends. depends on how good this little group is. Well, we have got uh, a small selection than usual. Obviously, people are going about their main business, but we have got a few people on audio. Uh, we're going to go to Kobo first, uh, but I'll just... Um, uh, be putting links in the room now obviously my bias is going to be a little bit towards uk uh tv specials uh but even there unfortunately i found that a lot of the content i wanted to get audio clips for have been blocked by channel four so um the the clips i've got may not be some people's hang on a minute kobo and we will get to you and um, the little uh, clip you're hearing at the beginning, by the way, uh, that came into our intro was uh, it was actually Fred Astaire singing. And this was on a program called um, Santa's Coming to Town from the 1970s. And that's one of the links on one of the pages that I put in the room. And it is www.avclub.com um, avc, uh, articles, TV Christmas specials and um we're probably mentioning those on there I've got about three lists we won't be actually doing a list show but it might give some people ideas of what they've forgotten so um, let's play a little longer clip of that song from Santa's Coming to Town and then we'll see if Kobo is then settled with his voice and ready to speak
5: you better watch out you better not cry you better not out. i tell you why
8: And I'll stop it there, we won't play the whole thing. And I should just also say at this point, for fear of contradiction, there are really two strands to this topic. There are TV shows that put on a Christmas-themed episode, and there are TV Christmas specials. So we've got uh, categories from both. This, of course, falls into the second category, um, the 1970s Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It was a pivotal production, by a ranking mass, according to the page. The animation is higher quality than many of the company's earlier specials, but the storytelling still has the appealing, episodic quali- quality of Rudolph, and it isn't as forced as the company's later efforts would be. Um, Positioning itself as essentially straight faced by a pick of Santa Claus, the special tells the story of young Chris Grindle, uh, a boy who has a series of adventures involving a winter warlock and a toy-hating politician. And I'll let you read the rest of your, that yourself. But uh, as you each come on to the call, um, you can talk about your favourite ones. If I have or a clip of something that you talk about, I will play it in that sequence. Otherwise, I'll we'll just play them out between going to different speakers. So, Como, hopefully you're um, okay to go now. And um,
9: Yeah, I'm fine, Dave. Okay. Um, firstly, where would I be without the Doctor Who Chris specials? Answer, probably in a lot more pain than I am now, because I use The End of Time, which yes, ladies and gentlemen, it gets lost in the fact that it's The Tenth Doctor's last episode, but technically that is a... Christmas special. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that the 10th Doctor was born and dies in the 10th in a Christmas special. He starts off with the Ticker and ends with the end of time. Um, I think that's really, really interesting. And, like I said, I use the end of time as a massive pain reliever. I must have watched that thing like a hundred a hundred times easily. And um for that reason it's gotta be my very favorite Christmas themed story ever. Um but moving away from Doctor Who there's wonderful things like Charlie Brown Christmas Special um, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original animated version, not the Jim Carrey film, which is wonderful, too, but it's not as wonderful as the original animated series at all. It just doesn't hold a candle to it. Um. What else? Um.
8: Well, well, you think, do you want me to play one of those? I could play you the a little clip from the Charlie Brown one.
9: I'm surprised you don't have any, um, in the time clips.
8: Uh, well, uh, I suppose, actually, I was, um, first of all, I was pressure of time with all the Christmas events and getting sorted myself as I'm hosting uh, dinner, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I do feel as though people can listen to our coverage of the Christmas specials, and, of course, as many people will already know, we've been putting up, uh, in between these Sunday shows, our Christmas specials, uh, we've just done one on the A Christmas Carol, and, uh Ian will shortly be getting up uh, the uh, the second one that we did from last year's Christmas, the uh, the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. So yeah, you know, we do I've, cover.
0: I've got, a, I've got a clip I can play.
8: Okay, it's it's really uh, cool.
0: it's, it's, it's the uh, much discussed clip from last week. Uh, the uh, it is a bit long. It's it's uh, two minutes and something. So let me know if you want me to stop it. But it's a you're a mean one, Mister Grinch song from uh the Grinch Christmas.
1: You're the king of sinful socks Your hearts are dead tomato splotch with moldy purple spots Mr. Grinch Your soul is an appalling dump heap Overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable Mangled up in tangled up knots You nauseate me Mr. Grinch. I don't think that'll do.
8: <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, just before we go back to Kobo, uh, I put a link up there of Den Geek page, den uh, dot geek.com forward slash TV, uh, long link there, best Christmas TV specials. I'll just read a bit from that and then we'll uh, give Kobo a chance to come back on that. Uh, TV animated special uh, was made in 1966 but still remains popular with American audiences. Short story directed by the Warner Brothers cartoon director Chuck Jones and was based, of course, on Dr. Seuss' children book, The Grinch. The unique visuals and distinctive Seuss dialogue make this a memorable cartoon which blends a mixture of warm and cutesy Christmas imagery with creeping meanness of the cringe himself. And there's a lot more there. I may not read that out.
9: But um, it's kind of a Christmas tradition for me and my dad to watch Firefly. So, while it's not distinctly Christmas, it has that feel of a Christmassy-type thing. Kind of like Dave was talking last week about the Bond films always hanging around Christmas. So, Mm -hmm. while it's not distinctly... Christmas, it, it very much is, for me personally, um, not to mention I got them for Christmas one year, um, and I got my copy of Stargate for Christmas one year, so that's kind of, all my Christmasy stuff is... Is not um Christmasy in and of itself, but it's Christmasy to me. If that makes sense. Okay. Um And like I've already said, all the Christmasy stuff is like related related to Doctor Who. I don't know if that's sad or just maybe me, me being a Doctor super fan, but the Christmas specials are really synonymous with Christmas for me, and that's really all I'm going to say.
8: Well, I can see with as well with the the way that uh, Stephen Moffat talks. You know, he always seems to want the most Christmasy Christmas story he can uh, go with. So they certainly if presumably, uh, you know, doing exactly what you want of them in the the, the recent years.
9: I much prefer The Cigarette Story, because it's uh-huh. Christmassy without getting over the head with Christmas Christmas sauce, you know.
8: Right. Right, you basically get a tangerine and that's it, isn't it?
9: Andy doesn't get attacked by a killer Christmas tree.
8: Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. What more can you want? Um. Okay.
9: But my second favorite Christmas special is Runaway Bride. I thought I'd just throw that out there because that's the first time we meet Donna and it's just beautiful. But,
8: yeah, that really is it for me. Okay. Thanks for that. Well, um, you did mention one other. Um, We'll go to, um, perhaps we'll go to Ken next. But before that, you you also mentioned the Charlie Brown. So here's a a clip from Charlie Brown. There's not an awful lot of uh, narration in it, but um, it does get to it somewhere in the middle.
11: something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, cool, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Along the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest.
8: background is uh, uh, the skating on the pond and that's all the sound effects that go along with that from 1965 I believe that Charlie Brown Christmas special first aired but it's become um, a regular I believe uh, Ken talk about uh, any any of your favorites
2: yes well you just played I think uh, the top of my list right there um, I love Peanuts uh Loved it from when I was very, very little. And I got a gift for one of the early um, Peanuts books. And saw the special when it first aired. I was nine years old. And this has such a special place in my heart. It's it's wonderful. It's all the neuroses and fun of all these characters. Uh, Snoopy... Giving into commercialism, winning top prize for his uh, ornate doghouse, um, trying to put on a, a Christmas pageant, all the interaction of everyone. And the keystone to this is it's so fun. The animation is beautiful, the music is wonderful. And the best part is when it just stops at the end and Linus recites the meaning of Christmas from the Bible. And it it transcends religion. It's, It's not preachy. It's just, in just simple terms, so heartfelt and so nice. And unlike anything that was ever done, and evidently the director... Bill Melendez, um, he, he had to fight the, the powers that be at the network to get to include this in it. And, it, and it's, it's what everyone really remembers about the show. And arguably, none of the other peanut specials match up to this. Um, great pumpkin as, has nice moments and all of that. But this, this, was something I've always waited for every year and before DVD, before VCRs, it was an event every year to wait for this to come around, to be shown on TV. Um, Just in the way that Wizard of Oz was something that was, Oh, you know, that's going to be on TV this year. That's exciting. That's such a treat, you know? And, you know, I I love this. I love this show so much. And, And it's, so good that's why it's a classic that's why it's a classic and the voices are, are just so wonderful and so right they've replaced the voices in later years they were never as good the voice for Charlie Brown etc was never as good and just for the fun of it if anyone has an iPhone or a Kindle fire or anything there's a really cute app. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas app that you can get. I don't know if it's free or it's $1.99 or whatever. And it's the actual little boy who voiced Charlie Brown as an adult now narrating. And then they have actual voices from the cast. And it's an interactive uh, ebook with music. And you can decorate uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas tree yourself and everything a um, few days before uh, Christmas. I really recommend everyone to, to get that who have a love for this special as much as I do. Another, another one, I'm, I'm going to mention the classics because that's, that's why they are. Yeah, absolutely. And this is yeah. something every year. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That, that was a year before Charlie Brown Christmas and it's from the Rankin Bass Studio. Now, these people seem, seem to have a stranglehold in a wonderful way on, on Christmas specials with their creativity um, over the years. Um, they're responsible for Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. They're also the company that did the Hobbit animated film, with Orson Bean, Uh, that was done some years later, which won awards, which is very good. They're also the studio that uh, did the Thundercats animation TV show. Um, So they have a a long history of quality, which has won awards and also very accessible to everyone. It's kind of a really good uh, combination of art and commerce. And Rudolph is done in stop-motion animation, which is gone by the wayside mostly today for everything digital, except uh, for perhaps something that Tim Burton does, like Nightmare Before Christmas, or Frankenweedy. Bless him for that. But Rudolph uh, tells the story of Hermie, um, who is an out-of-place young elf who doesn't want to be an elf. He wants to be a dentist. And um, Rudolph, a reindeer who's ostracized because of his glowing nose and their adventures trying to find acceptance. So you have a children's story taking a classic song, making it into a children's story that's teaching great moral lessons about accepting someone who is different and relishing that you are different. And embracing that difference, filled with wonderful songs, narration by the great Burl Ives, and it's unforgettable. This is an hour special, and again, it's one that is waited for every year. And even even now, with easily accessible to just purchase this, it's shown every year, maybe twice a year, along with Charlie Brown on the major networks, Um, because this is something that warms the heart. It means something. And also knew it was Christmas every year because they used to have Norelco shaver ads, which featured characters from Rudolph in it. And I see now, and and they're doing that today again. I, I don't know what product it is. But they're using characters from Rudolph um again today. I know a few years ago
9: It's there Aflac. Was...
2: Affleck. Oh, thank you. Okay. Everybody seems to do those. That that and Geico there seems to be a, a synergy of uh guest guest star uh promotion with those companies, with insurance companies. Um there was a sequel done, I think about Oh, eight years ago, Rudolph and the Island of Misfit Toys. Avoid it like the plague. It's bad CGI. It's not stop motion. It was not done by Rankin Bass. Um, Avoid imitators. Um, It's not worth it. The next one, which is also up there on my list, I would say it's like the big three. Um, you played the clip earlier um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss is I think one of the great American philosophers and every every kid's friend because there's there's kind of the feeling of reading his books the same kind of feeling you get when you watch Doctor Who. It's off the wall, quirky, intelligent, and it's winking at you going, you get it, don't you? Good. Come on in and enjoy the party. Those who don't enjoy it, you might get it later. And there's something rather rebellious and in your face about Dr. Seuss books. The The characters are crazy. It's, it's not Peter Cottontail, folks. Uh, they're outlandish they do really strange things they talk in very strange vocal patterns and, and weird rhymes and there's wonderful insane Dr. Seuss contraptions always going on now the Christmas special that they made from this it's notable for so many reasons um, the music uh, wonderful wonderful music, Uh, sung by Ravenscraft. I'm blanking on his first name. I will have to maybe look it up. Thurl Ravenscraft. Um, He's a voice, if you've gone to Disneyland or Disney World, you've heard his voice on many rides, Haunted Mansion, etc. He's wonderful, deep, dark, bass voice, uh, doing the main song, Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch. It's directed by Chuck Jones, the creator of uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, one of the greatest Warner Brothers cartoon animators. And if you go over the list of Academy Award nominations and winners for animation, you're going to see his name right on the top of the list. No, He's wonderful with expression. That's the trademark of Chuck Jones and real fanciful. One Froggy Evening is a Chuck Jones classic. Um, what's Opera Doc? Um, the great cartoons with Marvin the Martian. Those, those are Chuck Jones. And there were other Grin specials. They're not as good because Chuck Jones didn't work on them. Now, if you look at the book, and the design for the Grinch looks the same, but there's something amazing. He takes on the expression. I don't, I don't know how they did this at the time, because animation techniques for the, for the budget were rudimentary compared to uh, either a larger budget for main features or what we have today with computer assist. But he looks like the narrator, Boris Karloff. He gets the expression. It's almost like he, by osmosis, there's a bunch of Karloff in that face. And Boris Karloff, legend, king of horror, great gentleman actor, he does sort of a wonderful job of narration on this. And it takes place with little Cindy Lou Who in Whoville, um, also notable for Horton Hears a Who. They're in, they're in that also, evidently, uh, story. And he hates Christmas, and it's a re- reworking of a Christmas carol. He, he and his dog, Max, learn the meaning of Christmas from this little girl And he wants to steal Christmas from this town because he's a heartless, evil, miserly, wicked creature. And it's it's utterly delightful, brilliant, words I can't even go into. But again, this is a joy worth waiting for all year. I don't like the Jim Carrey movie. Personal feelings, I'm tired of Jim Carrey. That's me. Okay, Um, I guess it was all right. I think it was overdone, but this is charming, just the right amount of time, perfection. It's perfection, and um, real on the top of my list of specials. Now, there's there's others. There, um, very wonderful director. I mentioned this last week briefly. uh, Richard Williams uh the an animated version in nineteen seventy one of a Christmas carol and it starred the same actor who is notable for what I think is the the best acted version of a Christmas carol, Alistair Sim. Also uh Sir Michael Horden is in it as Jacob Marley. Very true to the book. Beautifully animated film and unfortunately unless you seek it out on YouTube, it's lost. It's not really shown. If it's shown, it's in terrible uh, condition. Um, But it's a crime that this is not more readily available and and not shown every year. Um, It's really good. Um, A Jim Henson special, which I especially loved for the music and the charm of it, um Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is really a lot of fun um if you if you love the muppets if you love the feeling of uh Fraggle Rock and some of his other creations i would say seek this out it's 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 a non kermit uh Miss Piggy uh muppet uh, uh adventure but well worth uh seeing It is available on DVD, and it's uh, recycled every now and then. Um, Disney always brings out different Christmas specials on TV, usually compilations, etc. Now, when they had a reissue of The Rescuers um, some years ago in 1983, they did a version of A Christmas Carol With Mickey Mouse. Mickey's Christmas Carol. And this is really well done. Um, At the time. There were a lot of cutbacks at Disney. This, This is a throwback. To the old style of animation. It's not flat looking. Characters do cast shadows. So they really worked hard on this. And it takes all the characters. Of the Disney universe. And transplants them. Into Charles Dickens world. So. Mickey is Bob Cratchit. Minnie is Mrs. Cratchit. Um, Scrooge McDuck is, <laughs> is Scrooge. It, it's a perfect fit. And the voice is done by the wonderful actor Alan Jones, who everyone would know is the star of Mr. Ed. But I think more importantly, the time traveler's friend in George Powell's great film of a time machine And he does a wonderful Scottish accent in that. So that might have been why he was cast. Um, He didn't do a lot of film work over the years uh, in between Mr. Ed, etc. But he came back for this. And he does a wonderful job as uh, Scrooge McDuck. Um, Jiminy Cricket is uh, the ghost of Christmas Present. You have uh, uh, Pete, that big dog with the cigar. Um, oh, excuse me. Ghost of Christmas Past is Jiminy Cricket. As uh, uh, Pete is uh, Ghost of uh, Christmas Present. You have Mister Toad of Wind in the Willows as Fezziwig, and it goes from there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's it's wonderful. Uh, Dickens England populated by classic Disney characters, and this is shown generally either on Disney Channel or Family Channel, which is uh, Disney ABC controlled. I was on the other day, and if you've never seen it, it's, it's really, really good if you're a fan of animation and of Disney and of, and of the classic sense of animation. It is available on DVD. And I mentioned Rankin-Bass. They did all these wonderful, different characters. After they did Rudolph, their last um, stop-motion animation venture was really interesting. It's called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, and it has a really a very mythic feel to it. it it's more like they're adapting a Tolkien story. Than, than doing something of their own. Um, it's from it's from a short story by Oh well, Frank Baum. Uh, everyone knows wrote the Wizard of Oz. And if if you can see this on any repeats or on uh, YouTube or, or or download, really give it a look. Um, the costume design and the characters is, there's there's a very very sweet, almost bittersweet sense to this. It's it's like the end the end of things, the beginning of a new age, and it's Santa Claus's origin, and it's really really well done. It, it's kind of the nice swan song to the to the Rankin Bass studio. Now leaving animation, and I I always think of for specials animation. Going into Doctor Who, I love the Christmas specials. I en- I enjoy all of them. Christmas Invasion holds a special place in my heart because um, that's you know the regeneration uh, into the tenth Doctor. But I would I would say my favorite is the one entitled a Christmas Carol uh, that was done a couple years ago. With Michael Gambon and, and wonderful singer, uh, beautiful uh, singer Catherine Jenkins, it's it's so wonderful an ode to what Dickens wrote grafted onto Doctor Who, and the journey going back into the life of this bitter man, into his childhood, the playfulness of the way that's played by Matt Smith the different adventures, once a year visiting this woman who this little boy, the man, comes to love so much, uh, her sacrifice, and that sweet, sad ending. I I think that's the best feeling of a Christmas special. They're They're all rather good, but this one, I think in particular, it's truly something that epitomizes Christmas. And and I, I think uh, Moffat did a wonderful job on this and all the actors. And, and her wonderful singing just was like uh, such a treat in that. Such a treat in that one. Um, thinking of other Christmas specials, I know MASH did, did some good ones with some letters home. Um, Community... Did a Christmas special, which was a uh, stop-motion adventure, which was an homage to Rudolph. Uh, you're going to get that on many shows because uh, that, that they're going to play, the play into that. Um, those those seem in my memory to be the ones that uh, mean mean so much to me. Oh, one one last one, one last one, which um, even though the animation is is kind of plain the voice work and the music is so memorable. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Um, a lot of kids today, if wouldn't really even remember the character, uh, created, uh, so long ago and, and beautifully voiced by Jim Backus, uh, myopic, uh, basically blind elderly man who gets into mischief. It's, a uh, a slapstick character in animation form and making him Ebenezer Scrooge and the, the songs by Julie Stein are, are really wonderful um, again that's, that's shown a lot something as far back as 1962 still gets repeated so it has a, a lot of memories and being shared by new generations and I think um, that's that's a really good thing that uh, these things that years ago were treasured are passed on and, and not forgotten and I think that's about it
8: uh, well well I've got a, the reason I wasn't trying to stop you is that I, I've got a clip of the uh, Mr. Magoo so oh, wonderful. And you may want to come back on that alright sure
12: hey piling up I love it Scrooge and Marley's, I believe.
7: Have I the pleasure
12: of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead these seven years. We have no doubt his liberality is well represented by his surviving partner. At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge... Tis more than usually desirable. We should make some slight provisions for the poor and destitute. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comfort, sir. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons. And the workhouses, are are they still in operation? They are. Still, I wish I could say they were not. What shall we put you down for? Nothing. You wish to remain anonymous. I wish to be left alone. I support the establishments I have mentioned. They cost enough, and those who are badly off. He might go there. Many can't go there, and many would rather die. If they would rather die, they had better do it and decrease the surplus population.
3: Now, I'm very busy, gentlemen. I bid you good afternoon. Be gone. Out.
2: <laughs> really good. Uh, listening to that clip, um, the main voice there, uh, talking to Jim Backus was Paul Fries, who's wonderful voice actor, um, who you'll hear on so many Disney projects. He's like the major voice of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Um if you see the film Earth versus Flying Saucers, he's that alien voice that's that's speaking to everyone um, um, about that the spaceships are about to land. Um, wonderful, wonderful voice actor um, in the 50s and 60s and Disney projects. You'll hear him all the time. Very recognizable voice. It's fantastic. Um, Hearing all these and just thinking about these specials, it's kind of sad that there aren't any new specials. Yes, I, I oh, I, I do have to. You no, know, I, I I'll change my feeling on that. Something new that's really worthy. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants of all things, which I think is a really cute and strange cartoon and not just for kids um, i proud to say that that I enjoy it um, they just had a Spongebob Christmas special and it was done all in stop motion animation all with felt and constructed by hand models 3D a musical special about poisoned fruitcake taking over the land of Bikini Bottom. And there's a character called Patchy the Pirate who introduces SpongeBob every now and then in specials. He looks like Fred Astaire. Uh, and that clip you played in the beginning, it's, it's again, an homage to Rankin-Bass. It's a really cute, really well-done special. What's interesting is it was shown on Channel 2... or excuse me, the CBS network um, earlier this month at a very strange time, 9.30 at night, um, Pacific time. That's really late for something like that. And they edited the special. They cut out the introductions and different little parts with this pirate character I guess in time for commercials. The only reason I know that, I read a review of the special in one of the trade papers, and they made reference to this, and they said it was going to be repeated on Nickelodeon, and I watched it there, and it was like two different versions. It's strange the network's are going to take the time, show a brand new special, and butcher it first broadcast, but. Nevertheless, um, there are still new animation specials being made. Every now and then there will be something good, but for the life of me, I can't think of anything recently that can match up the things that were done 30, 40 years ago. You'll, you'll get a Grandma Gets Run Over by a Reindeer special that's easily forgotten, or a Shrek special, or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever's kind of popular. But anything that has a heart with beautiful music and wonderful animation and something that you're going to want to share with kids and love years from now, I haven't seen it. Um, if anybody has seen them, please tell me. But everything seems to be done years ago. But
9: Can I come back in, briefly? please Please see on that? Please. The iCarly Christmas special was amazing. It was a reworking. It was a reworking of It's a Wonderful Life.
2: Good. Okay.
9: And it was just beautiful. It had the midget from Seinfeld playing the angel. And instead of getting traditional wings, he got chicken wings, which was Cute. really... okay. And it was just really well done.
2: Thank you, I will check for that. Thanks.
9: Um, and there was another one called Operation Crisp, I believe. It's about two Secret Service-style elves that make sure Santa remains... at all times they have like sleeping gas and all kind of things to make sure the kids stay asleep and it's just really really good CGI nice so those are the two that are that are thank you kind of in the style of Rankin Bass but kind of newer as well
2: Good. Okay. Thank you.
8: Thank you much. Thank you. <laughs> are you Are you done for I the moment, so. Ken? Or?
2: Yes, I am. Yes, I am.
8: Okay. Well, um, I'm hoping since I heard uh, Darth uh, pop in there quickly, we can go to him after one more clip, and it's uh, one that you oh, thanks, mentioned Kobe. again. Uh, one that you mentioned again, Ken. That was the Frosty the Snowman. But this is basically just the the song from that.
10: Button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman is a fairy tale they say he was made of snow but the children know how he came to life one day there must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found for when they placed it on his head he began to dance around was alive as he could be, and the children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and me. Frosty, the snowman, knew the sun was hot that day, so he said, let's run and we'll have some fun now before I melt away. Down
8: And there we go. I don't think we can call that uh, Darth's signature tune coming from a rather warmer climb than that. But, um, Darth, thanks for waiting. I hope you can at least talk, if not type. And uh, let's go with yourself. I I assume because we heard you speak a moment ago that you are still uh, at least attentive to what's happening. If not, I'm just going to prime... Jeff, that I know Jeff doesn't want to talk a lot today because he's still recovering uh, his voice somewhat after being ill. But what we may then do now is... Um, Sorry, are, are you le- not hearing
4: me talking? I don't. No, know.
8: we are now. You suddenly started talking.
4: Yep. Okay. Well, then, I guess, uh, fair warning, then. My audio might go out at some point. I don't know. It's only TalkShoe that gives me audio problems. This lovely service. Um, Pre-service. Oh, <laughs> well, you get what you pay for um, The um, I, I suppose it's, it's sort of a truism That generally speaking um, If you're searching around and trying to figure out What American specials there are for Christmas You're going to, I think, uh, come up with relatively less Than if you look around at the British stuff uh, Because there isn't really a tradition of um, you know, Christmas Day viewing, and and because there's there's not really, um, you know, any, um, you know, America kind of shuts down in mid-December, and you don't have. I mean, we do collect ratings still, but it's not sweet, sweet. It's not like if your um, television show has a Christmas special and that Christmas special bombs in the ratings, that doesn't matter so much. But in Britain, it's a much bigger deal, as we all know, and and there the ratings matter. And I think that that sort of crucible produces a lot better material than what you find in the United States. And although we can sort of point back to some stuff in the past, the uh, Rankin Bass stuff to a degree, um, that I I rack my brains trying to remember really great Christmas specials of television series, ongoing television series in the United States. Um, I don't particularly agree that, you know, MASH had some great ones. MASH had some, but they were in that very saccharine period of MASH. um, That is what I like to call mush. Um, That that time period after, you know, you had Henry Morgan, after you had Henry Henry Morgan becoming uh, the leader of the camp and, and, you know, Trapper John was gone, that's that's when you start sliding into the bad part of M.A.S.H., and there are some Christmas specials in there, but I think that they are fairly heavily sentimental. And that's the, really the problem with American Christmas specials, is that they tend to slide into um, the morass of feel-good stuff. Um, and so it, it's all inconsequential, and it really doesn't lift the spirit that much, at least not my spirit. But there are some examples of, I think, some really great stuff, and the couple that I can remember is Moonlighting. Oh, my Lord. Moonlighting was the episode before Christmas. What a freaking joy this thing is. Um, this is from that period of time in Moonlighting's history where it was just firing on all cylinders, and they could do no wrong. And it, it's one of these episodes where you kind of um, believe that the characters might lapse into song, and it's kind of okay. Uh, moonlighting also did an adaptation of The Taming of the Shrew this way, where it was musical. And really, I think that it's, it's this Moonlighting musical tradition that it is what allowed for the later um, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical thing. Uh, and And once more we're feeling yeah right and and then other things like uh you know now brave and the bold i suppose that there have been some singing episodes of batman there they all say that they were inspired by the buffy thing but really buffy is being inspired i think by the, the moonlighting tradition of the occasional singing episode and what's great is not just that they randomly break in a song but because there's a murder this guy named joseph gets murdered and his wife and whose name is of course, Mary and newly born child come to the detective agency and they want to solve the problem of the murder. But the murder is dependent upon three wise men. That is three FBI investigators uh, coming in to do, you know, their federal bit. And it's just this lovely parallel um, story to the, you know, the actual Christmas story and with song thrown in and with, you know, Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd, totally at the top of their game. It's gorgeous. And you can, I think you can get it on Hulu. I think Moonlighting's on Hulu. I uh, certainly you can get the DVDs of it. And it's almost worth the purchase of the entire series itself to get it. Um, but the beautiful thing about Moonlighting, in the this is from the second season, at that particular period in time is all the episodes are great. So you're not just buying for the one. But if you had to buy it only for the one, it would be worth it. And you know, one of the other sort of traditions that you find in American television, and I suppose in British television too, but I think much more strongly in American television, is if you're going to have a Christmas episode, make it an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. And everybody's done it. And it's so – I know I've talked about this before. I think I talked about it. It was my fear of Doctor Who having a, an episode called A Christmas Carol because it's just most of the time not done well. It's most of the time it's either just super saccharine or it, it's just so obvious a um, an pastiche. interpretation of A Christmas Carol. Not a pastiche exactly because pastiche would imply that you were – Um, actually doing something with that within the framework of your own television series. What a lot of times it is in America is it is a story that basically is set outside of the narrative of the rest of the series. And the the characters merely have an adventure that is very much like A Christmas Carol, but that adventure has no impact upon the ongoing progress of their characters within the season. Um, Sort of an extra continuous episode, more or less. They but, did that
8: with um, they did that with Smallville, didn't they? Where Lex is married to Lana Lang, I, well, he, he, he gets he gets shot, and he's in his coma, and when he's dreaming of his
4: ideal world. Yeah, uh, but that's not extra continuous. That's just a dream state of the character. A lot of times with these mm-hmm. Christmas, like especially for sitcoms or whatever, they just really aren't a part of the. Si- they just involve the actors. Who are in that story. It's much more like a Christmas pantomime than anything. Uh, you know, like how you could have had those Doctor Who sponsored or John Nathan Turner run pantomimes that involved Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant and whoever. But it wasn't actually the Doctor and Perry. It was just the people who play him kind of in that. That's what they're kind of like, a lot of them. But to me, the best one is unquestionably a Keaton Christmas Carol, which is the family ties – Episode where Alex becomes Scrooge, and it's it's actually really funny. It actually makes total sense within the context of the of the series. It it advances some plot. Um, certainly, it advances the character of Alex. It's really good, um, and it, it's a shame that Family Ties is, is you know not on something like TV Land or you know other places where you know you'll find reruns of. Uh, Cosby and everybody loves Raymond And other family dramas like that Because I would love to see this story again uh, But I'm not sure I'm ready to pay The money for the DVDs For it but um, Great great episode And also they did another In their first season uh, There's a story called Just a Christmas story and it's kind of a cool one too I don't think it's as funny as A Keaton Christmas Carol but it's still good and And it does advance the plot because what it is is they the you know the husband and wife, um, you know Meredith Baxter Bernie and, and what's the name Gross I forget his first name get um, snowed in and the only thing that they can do is sort of remember the past and so they remember how each of their children was born and it's funny because you know they're not born in circumstances that would later define their characters they're all born in sort of opposite situations. Um, so it's it's interesting because it does give you some backstory of those characters and and gives you a lot of perspective on them and um it's 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 good for the entirety of understanding the the narrative of Family Ties, but again it's not quite as funny as what they later came up with. Now. That's the American stuff I got. I really, I'm sure that there, prob- there might be occasionally an, an episode of something that I've, I've missed that uh, is not coming to mind. Um, most of what it, it is, like Ken said, it's almost like they America made these classics, you know, like the Peanuts, Charlie Brown Christmas and the Seuss stuff and the Rankin Bass stuff, and they said that's good enough we're not going to spend the money on making new stuff because we can just put this old stuff on and there we go. Or, um, you know, they've, they sort of recognize nowadays, especially since 2000, one of the problems in America with, uh, getting new Christmas material is that most series don't actually run around Christmas. The, the Christmas break has become increasingly large so that, you know, you're you're done by like the first week of December or second week of December, and then you don't come back until mid-January. So why would you make a Christmas special because you're not really on the air at that time? You know, um, so uh, you know, I, I think it is pretty much the province of older series and and these older episodes, and that any kind of actual Christmassy stuff is now left to the movie theaters, which is why there's been an explosion of actual theatrical releases that have to do with Christmas. But of course, Britain doesn't have that problem because Britain, you know, has this lovely tradition of uh, the Christmas special. And I'll just go through some of them um, and uh, the ones that I really like. And th- and th- none of them are, you know, actual Christmas specials in the sense that they are standalone things. They're all episodes that are part of Broader series, and the, the first one is it's got to be Avengers. Too many Christmas trees. Nineteen sixty five. Gorgeous, surreal episode, in which you got John Steed, Diana Rigg. I mean, first of all, that is just the recipe for Christmas anyway. Just those two names together. Um, and so Steed and is having these dreams, right, about a crime that's been committed involving Christmas trees uh, by somebody who's dressed up as Santa Claus. And he keeps having these bad dreams. You know, It's kind of like you know, the opening narration to End of Time. You know, everybody had bad dreams. Well, Steed had bad dreams. And he goes to this party, and at the party there are these uh, telepaths who are, who are there, and they try to get into his head to try to figure out this dream. And that is the basis for the trippy hilarity that then ensues really good. It's really fun, especially if you haven't watched Avengers in a long time. Um it's a good one to try to find. I think you can find it pretty easily. I uh, certainly, you know, the DVDs have been out forever now. A lot of local libraries might have them. Good stuff to start out with. Um, I can hear Jeff ordering it as we speak. Maybe so. Uh well while you're doing that Jeff you should probably also order well at least this is what I would do because these are these are the true Christmas specials to me because I watch them pretty regularly at Christmas time, and that's the 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 series of sort of four all creatures great and small specials now I say series, only two of them are actually in a series that is narratively connected, but the thing is there's just something about all creatures great and small and and you know Yorkshire dales and the problems that they would have on the Yorkshire dales that just sort of lends itself to. Christmas storytelling anyway. A lot of the regular episodes you could almost take as Christmas specials, but um, you know, All Creatures Great and Small made such a big tradition of the Christmas special that actually the last episode of All Creatures Great and Small is a Christmas special. They timed the season so that, you know, the final episode would be a Christmas special, and it's hard to pick which one is the best out of all of them. The first one is you know, in, I guess, is it it's either between series one and series two or between series two and series three? Um, the great thing about them, though, all of them, is that they all have Peter Davison in them. Uh, and as you may or may not know, the thing about All Creatures Great and Small is that largely only the first three series has Peter Davison. And then he comes back for the very last season, uh, which is like season seven. But in between that, He's either entirely absent because he's off doing other things or um he's sort of in them like he he does a couple of the episodes of that season or whatever. but the gorgeous thing about all the Christmas specials is that they are fully what you expect the all creatures great and small family to be um, and you know the the first one is really good it's it's got one it's got this whole theme about. Um, these gypsies who have moved into the Yorkshire Dales and they have a, a donkey that's sick, but they won't accept any help, uh, from the veterinarians and they have to work out a way to get that help from them. And you end up with a scene that happens to end in a manger, but does so in a way that's not heavy handed. Um, and you also have Siegfried with this secret that's going throughout the episode. Why is he hiding off this one particular room in the house? Um, and, you know, what happens at the end of the story when he finally opens up that room? So it's, it's a lovely, well-constructed episode, uh, you know, in itself. But the fact that it's got these sort of Christmas elements about it is really nice. And then you have the, I think it's the 83 one, which would have been done actually when Davison is at, is... Doctor Who, you know, he's fully playing that, and he goes off to film this 1983 special, uh, which I suppose would have been filmed roughly at the same time as the uh, um, Doctor Who 20th anniversary special with five doctors. Um, and it's a great story because you know where we had been left in the series a couple of years before that was all of the veterinarians had gone off to World War II, and this Christmas special was them coming back home. Um, and then the next Christmas special, which was in eighty four was you know, how do we deal with the trauma of being back home um, and really trying to acclimatize to a normal domestic life after having been in war? And then the final special is, you know, it's also a series finale, and it's just a a lovely story that implies that these guys will go on caring for the animals of. Yorkshire for the rest of their days. You know, it's a, it's a really nice way to end the series. Um, and I, I just love those Christmas specials, and I watch a different one every year, and it's really good stuff. Another thing that I watch um, is maybe less overtly Christmas, though it definitely has Christmas references in it, and that's the uh, Yes Minister Christmas special. Um, this would have been highly important to the series because... Uh, It's the episode in which Jim, the protagonist, the minister of the title, uh, becomes prime minister. And it's the point at which yes, minister turns into yes, prime minister. And it's a very funny story. It's a little bit dated. Uh, Certainly any Briton watching it will completely understand the deal that's going on. To Americans, it's pretty, it's a little bit obscure uh, but it's still funny and it's still explained in a way that you get all the points, um, but you do kind of have to understand the parliamentary system to get why it's quite so funny, but it's a hugely literate script. It's you know devastatingly important to the actual narrative of the series, um, and it's an hour long, which is the longest episode in the series, so good stuff there, and I watch that every year without fail. Um, then you have some sort of Uh, In that same vein of kind of older sitcoms, you know, I think you'd be remiss if you didn't mention the Dad's Army Christmas specials. There are a lot of them. I I think, if I'm not mistaken, they almost always play Turkey Day or something. I forget if that's the exact title. Uh, But I think that there's one Dad's Army special involving a turkey that they play pretty much every year in Britain. And it gets pretty good ratings every year in Britain on like BBC3 or something like that. Um, the, what's interesting is Dad's Army produced by the same people who produced Are You Being Served? The Are You Being Served Christmas specials are universally awful. They are horrible. They're really bad. They're so bad that one of them I know is banned in America. Uh, because of its overt racial references that are just completely inappropriate. Um, just just uh, unbelievable. When I saw it for the first time, because they won't show it in uh, local PBS, when I saw it for the first time, my mouth was totally agape, because I couldn't believe how horrible it was. Um, so though it's interesting how the same producer can have some specials that actually are meaningful and funny at the same time. And then others that are, you know, the the really bad thing about the, are you being served things is that I I guess, unlike the moonlighting special where people break into song and it kind of makes sense. You're willing to go with them because it's fun. The, are you being served Christmas specials always involve, you know, a random musical number that happens in the department. And it, it doesn't make any sense where it comes from. It doesn't make any contextual sense whatsoever. It just happens and you're left thinking, what the hell was that? And it just it there's no there's no tradition for it. It's it's like suddenly you're in an episode of Lawrence Well where people did randomly just do these set pieces for no reason whatsoever. Um obviously anything with Rowan Atkinson is a good thing for Christmas. And, you know, he's had a Christmas special for all three of his um, major series, that is to say um, Mr. Bean and uh, Thin Blue Line and Black Adder. Um, And I suppose the one that everybody remembers the most is probably The Black Adder, and maybe that's because that was released on DVD separately. And so people have been able to see that a little more easily than the others. But to my mind, actually, the Thin Blue Line Christmas special is probably the best of his. And, you know, the Thin Blue Line, as a rule, doesn't get talked about as much as uh, Blackadder, but it really should because it's, it's gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And mm-hmm. it, as we come forward, you know, into sort of more modern thing, I think you'd have to kind of say that um, in the 2000s, Uh, And, you know, even maybe moving up currently, that basically what you have in Britain is you have Christmas being controlled by women, women comedians. In the way that, you know, in the 70s, it was all Morkman Wise Christmas special. I think now you would have to say almost every year there is a special of some kind that involves either Dawn French or Jennifer Saunders or Catherine Tate. One of those three – Probably has some kind of Christmas special, whether it is, you know, Vicar of Dibley, or um, Jam in Jerusalem. And I'm sorry, there's an American name for that series, and I can't Clatterford. I think maybe is the American name, uh, but it's properly called Jam in Jerusalem, or Absolutely Fabulous, or The Catherine Tate Show. You've got some sort of edition of one of those things that happens on Christmas, and I think it's great. I think it's the the defining thing about Christmas in the 2000s in Britain is this, this notion that women control it. And I, I love it. Everything that's come out with one of those three women has been absolutely funny, just really good stuff. And, you know, the beautiful thing is the absolutely fabulous stuff moved that narrative along in a very satisfying way, to me at least. Certainly the Vicar of Dibley stuff. Oh, my God. That, the Christmas special, what was it, two year, 2009 or something like that, where it went head to head almost up against uh, not head to head but it went uh, it won in the ratings over Doctor Who it totally deserved to win over Doctor Who because it was it was a brilliant episode and of course an episode that featured Daleks um, so great stuff there from those ladies and anything in that range um, anything in the 2000s I think starring a woman has been great on British television also you know in the vein of really important episodes to my mind, maybe the best Christmas special ever is the office Christmas special. You know, it's like the last all creatures great and small Christmas special. The office Christmas special is the one that ends the series and it is Christmassy. It does have Christmas stuff in it. You will, you know, it is sort of the seedy side of Christmas or or the negative side of Christmas, kind of, or the, not negative, the melancholic side of Christmas. But it, it nevertheless is very much of a Christmas episode. And it ends the series in just a fabulous, fabulous way. Um, uh, it, it, it's truly extraordinary. It really is. And another uh, series that, produced sort of a relevant episode. And this one is great because it, it's a combination of sort of the relevance of the, the office Christmas special with the fun and frivolity of the moonlighting episode. And that's the two pints of lager and a, and a packet of crisps mm-hmm. 2003 Christmas special, which is, I don't know if anybody in here really follows that show, but it's, uh, it's a great episode where you got Sheridan Smith, who plays the character of Janet, and she's about to break up with her sort of longtime boyfriend, Johnny. And as she's about to do it, she sees a picture of Johnny and then starts to remember how they got together, what the good times were, the whole thing. And suddenly you're off into this musical, which is hilarious. A lot of the the lyrics are, in American terms, they certainly would be inappropriate. They, there's no way that this Christmas special would be Uh, broadcast on American television at all. But the beauty of it, at least from my perspective, is that it is a showcase for Sheridan Smith and just shows what a fabulous actor that she really is and what range she has, what a great voice she has, what comic timing she has. And in a sense, if you never watch any episode of Two Pints of Lager and A Packet of Crisp, This is probably the one to watch, even though it is atypical of the rest of the series. It still is just tremendous fun. And, you know, lyrically, it's typical of the rest of the series. It's just not typical that it be set to music. But, you know, what the lyrics are actually saying, that's totally what, you know, you can expect from the series. And the series is not everybody's cup of tea. The series has, you know, built its trade on regular rough language and you know the discussion of sexual matters in a very frank term um but you know it's kind of like you know what friends would be like if friends were set in brooklyn instead of manhattan kind of um it's a bit like
8: men behaving badly in in sort of the sort of things that they get. i mean uh, yeah. i used to watch it a bit but it, it got some um, it got. It was almost carrying the channel. I think it was Channel Three. It, yeah. It almost got too repeated, and I think um, people have turned off it somewhat because it, too much was asked of it. It was literally, yeah. as I say, carrying. There were on BBC Three. There was I don't know. There was Gavin and Stacey. That and maybe one other. And you know, every time you turn the channel on,
4: that that was what was on. Oh, it's true. I mean, you, and you can tell that just from you know. Depending on how you receive Doctor Who C- Confidential, um, you can tell that by the continuity announcements that are at the end of Doctor Who Confidential because every one of them is. And now, two bags of crew. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's basically those continuity announcements that got me to watch the thing because I was like, if this thing is on so much, it's got to be pretty good. Um, and then I saw Sheridan Smith, and I was like, oh well, I'm, I'm in, I'm done. Um, yeah, it's it, it is an interesting. I don't think that you know I I can't just say, oh yes, go out and watch it without giving a warning to it because it is not it's not the kind of sitcom that would happen in the United States. It's really not. Uh, but it is the kind of language that, you know, I regularly use with my friends, so it's, you know, I, I see it as realistic. Um but it is mm-hmm. it is quite frank. And and then you know, I, I would just sort of end up with you know that that almost constant Christmas presents, and that is Alan Davies, right? Who you know between Jonathan Creek Christmas specials and QI Christmas episodes, is pretty much always there on British television around the Christmas time, and pretty much you can be assured that whatever he's in will be something worth seeing. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed you know the two thousand the latest Jonathan Creek Christmas special was what was that two thousand nine two thousand ten something like that, and. That was great to have Paul McGann in it. And it's, it's the only place you'll see Paul McGann and Sheridan Smith, who, of course, in Big Finish Audio play The Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller.
5: Lucy Miller, yeah.
4: It's the only place that you can see them, as far as I know, as of right now, the only place you can actually see them on screen together in a scene. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll admit that that was one of the reasons that I watched it. But it's still good. I mean, Jonathan Creek, let's face it, you got to give some allegiance to Jonathan Creek because you know it's another series that was originally produced by Verity Lambert. It's basically more or less it's Doctor Who. Um in the 90s, you know, it was during the wilderness years, it was what sufficed for Doctor Who. And you know, regularly has great people who appear in it, just about everybody who's been involved in Doctor Who in, in a big way has been in an episode of Jonathan Creek. Um, it's the kind of series that you can sort of watch one at a time, and don't have to worry too much about continuity, um, and and that's why it works really well, I think, as a Christmas special. And there's at least three Christmas specials, um, and you know where you can't find Alan Davies on Jonathan Creek, you can certainly find him at least for the last what is it nine years? Eight years? No, ten years. Of course. No, well, sorry, ten seasons, but I don't know if that means ten years. On QI, and, you know, they just did one yesterday, wasn't it? The day before yesterday. Um, Yes. So, you know, he's clearly a stalwart for British television, which, again, has so much to offer on Christmas Day and so much of relevance to offer on Christmas Day that it does kind of make America seem like what it is, a place where reruns generally happen.
8: Absolutely great stuff. There. I mean, there's been quite a few uh, links and mentions of things that uh, you've talked about. Um, uh, six doctors dropped off now, but he was saying that um, when you were talking about back when you were talking about family ties, that airs on the Hub Channel, which is on Direct TV, channel two nine four, and on Dish Network channel one seven nine. Don't know whether that's of any help or re- relevance to people. Um, and Cybob put in, um when he was talking about um uh, the fifth doctor, Davis, um, you know, when he when he, he did that bit in All Creatures Straight and small, it was between season twenty and season twenty one, which why Davidson's hair is so short in Warriors of the Deep. And I don't know whether there are any other Comments that I need to just read out, but one of the things you mentioned there uh, was um, the Black Adder um, Christmas Carol, and I've got um, a clip from that. So let's go with that.
9: I'd
3: love to see Christmas future. No, 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 no! It's terribly totally melodramatic. No, Look, <laughs> just show it, please. All right.
12: Mm-hmm. No.
5: of the
6: universe. And hail to you, my triple husbandoid. I summon you here to group greet our Swift Imperial Navy's home. Approach! Grand Admiral of the Dark Segment and Lord of the High Slime Bottoms of Zob.
3: Morning. <laughs> dear, thrice endowed supreme donkey of the trouser park, this much greeting. I, too, bald navigator, cringe my dribblers at your resplendent pothlesmith. Yes, well, that won't be necessary, thank you.
6: Approach your slave, bald <laughs>
3: Take, Baldrick, if you're going to wear that ridiculous jock strap, at least keep your legs together.
6: We'll <laughs> go says May I say,
3: I give you this much greeting.
6: What use <laughs> to
3: the foul mammidons? Scattered to the nine vectors, my lord. And the sheep squeezers of Splatic and Five. <laughs> Are they suck creamed to the command beast's nubbo? Well, they're dead, if that's what you mean. Commander, did you vanquish the nibble-pibbleys? No, my Lord Pigmot, I did not vanquish the nibble-pibbleys, because you just made them up. (laughs) Excellent,
6: Commander. You have most pleasantly wibbled my present pouch. Bring forth the gift with which you honor.
3: Majesties, from a place where the stars begin and end, I bring you this
8: lovely and astray. <laughs> okay all right uh, well um, as I said um, uh, Jeff who uh, wasn't going to talk much anyway has dropped off uh, so I'll go next if you want in because I've got uh, a couple of clips to move through and some of the UK ones uh, not yet mentioned um, here of course in the UK is that there's um, we have a little bit of a uh, animation is still created where I think it was said by previous speakers that um you know, the, the the really good ones that were made are, are, are trotted out each year. And I suppose that's coming true here in the UK because uh, one of the ones that is famously known here in the UK is The Snowman, uh, based on the Raymond Briggs book. And that is been playing now, oh, it must be nearly 20 years. I think it is 20 years, actually, because uh, this very Christmas there's going to be a new one, and I think that's called The Snowman and the Dog. Which um, is a follow up story to that, but let me play a clip from The Snowman. Of course, I've forgotten the name of the young boy that sings on that, but it's not the the, the uh, Alid Jones who's now become synonymous with it from bringing out the actual CD of it. Um, but, of course, it's based on the Raymond Briggs book. Um, wow. Um, turned into a short animated film in 1982. So that's right. It's not 20 years. That's my calculation. That's 30 years. So um, really great and um, following uh, from that is a, another Raymond Briggs one and that is um, Father Christmas and I'll just play you a little clip of that one
3: Right o' my dears this is blooming well it Sally Ho all the little girls and boys I've got this sack full of toys I'm sure it gets bloomin' heavier every year. You've got to remember, this day in December is me busiest bloomin' night of the year. There's hours still to go and my boots are full of snow and both me poor old feet are blooming freezing as we sail through the sky going ever so high. We wish you the best of the blooming season. And jump up on my sleigh, and we're all on our way to another blooming
8: Christmas. And that was David Jason, of course, from Fools and Horses and Frost and many others. I think Fools and Horses did a few Christmas specials. Um, next one, replace sure, me. Actually, ma- was that not David Jason? Are
0: you sure? I it
8: was. I thought it was David Jason.
0: Uh, I think it's if it was Father Christmas doing that, but it uh, it's Mel Smith.
8: Ah you're right, I think you might be right. Well
6: I've got the page. Now, where did I get from. the
8: David Jason name from? <laughs> oh them. there uh, there you go. It proves Ian's listing and it proves I'm on form someone who made one mistake today. Um this is a, a strange little one. This is sort of, we're going a bit trad, uh, mid-Atlantic on this one, because this is a, a, a Simpsons, but not a Simpsons Christmas special. It's a Christmas message to the UK. So this is a little bit of cl- Clash of Cultures. Here we go.
11: <laughs> oh, hello! I wasn't expecting visitors. Mom, what are you talking about? You were in makeup for an hour. March This isn't even our house. We're on a soundstage at Pinewood Studios. (laughs) Anyway, each year at Christmas time, we take a moment to reflect on the important events of the last year. Let's see. My husband Homer and I have never been happier. Our marriage is as solid as the union between your David Beckham and Posh Spice. He Did? With his assistant? Oh, that's so sad. Okay, moving on. Lisa, our eight-year-old, continued to pursue her passion for progressive causes. She successfully sued to stop me from saying grace at dinner. So that's over now.
6: Free Cornwall now! Free Cornwall now! Rips this rag, turn out lemon! Rips this rag, turn
11: out lemon! Great! Let's see, and in world events, the friendship between America and Britain is stronger than ever. You're like Minnie me to our Dr. Evil, helping out in all our zany schemes to take over the world.
6: (laughs) Ha ha, yeah, baby!
11: Ho, ho, ho! Oh my goodness, it's a visit from Father Christmas. Yes, Mike, who the hell
3: is Father Christmas? I thought I was supposed to be Santa Claus. They're the same guy.
5: Which
11: one is Jesus' grandfather?
3: They both are! (laughs)
11: He has two grandfathers? They're gay? Well, would you please just give your Christmas message to the nice people of Great Britain?
3: Okay. This one goes out to all the mods, rockers, toffs, tossers, gits, twits, chimney sweeps, flocks of sheeps, hooligans, sevens, and a smashing bird named Queen Elizabeth. Merry Christmas, my friends in the UK. What the hell's a deal with Boxing
11: Day? All right.
8: Well, that was Marge Simpson's Christmas message. <laughs> 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 <You said> that. Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, let's go even more British now. And um, one of the series that uh, is uh, a bit irreverent, of course, in the UK, is The Royal Family. Uh, supposedly a, a typical working class home that don't go out to work, but there you go. And here's a clip from one of their... Christmas specials. Where, well, Anthony,
12: time are you going to Emma's?
8: Well, my mum said
10: five for 5.30, so I think that means about quarter past. Oh, oh Anthony, isn't it funny
6: you having to have two Christmas dinners? <laughs>
10: <laughs> yeah, it's all right, really.
5: Well, they're all vegetarians, so we're having a nut roast. The tight, gets all that bloody money and he won't fork out for a bit of turkey.
12: I can't believe they're having their Christmas dinner at night. The They'll be on them, won't they? Yeah. You don't, you don't know me. Ignore the
6: camera.
12: You'll
9: be staying late, Anthony. Uh,
10: yeah. But well, after they've had the dinner, I always play charades, you know, and so parlour games and that.
6: Is <laughs> the <a> telly broke? <laughs>
12: Polly gave my ass.
8: <laughs> the only reason you do things is because your telly's broke. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. Um, I think that's pretty much from uh, me. I mean, um, there, there's, there's lots of. I mean,. One of the things, I mean, uh, I mentioned, I think, uh, before on the other show that, um, you know, like the James Bond films tend to get shown at Christmas and uh, I'm looking here at some of the minor channels. One, they're, they're just showing about eight carry-on films, one after another. Uh, basically, they, they decided not to try and complete with the main channels so they go for the niche and know that they will get the 100,000 viewers and they'll be content with that. Um, we often used to get... Um, other series like um, you know series of black and white the the old Abbott and Costello movies are are um, some years we'll get they'll they'll put a load of westerns on uh, but basically these are the sort of minor channels who just can't compete with the specials uh, here on the, one of the links that I've got open uh, I don't know it's to put it in the the room um, just let me just tell you that um, uh, like Christmas Day overnight figures for last year in the UK. Um EastEnders came top with nine point nine million, Coronation Street nine million, Third was Doctor Two at eight point nine million, Downton Abbey, eight point one, then Strictly Come Dancing, uh, ab- ab- Absolutely Fabulous, Emmerdale, The The Gruffalo's Child, uh, Michael McIntyre's Christmas Comedy Roadshow, All Star Family Fortunes, and then um for this year, um and this is from the digital spy Dr. OK, the 12 most must-watch programs they've got for the Festive season this year is uh, not in any particular order, but it's Downton Abbey, Uh, The Snowman and the Snow Dog, Uh, a special episode of Call the Midwife, Uh, Doctor Who, of course, Uh, Little Crackers, I don't watch that on the sky, The Royal Family, Uh, Friday Night Dinner, which is... um, um, about a, a very Jewish Christmas on Channel 4, strictly come dancing Christmas special, um, a, a one-off drama called The Girl, which is, of course, about, well, I shouldn't say of course, but it's about Hitchcock and um, his obsession with uh, Tibby Hedron and the filming of The Birds. So I'm sure that's one that people, there's the the absolute climax, final part of Merlin, Series 5, which we'll be talking about on one of our collectives cult- collectors coming up and something called The Last Leg. A surprise TV hit of the Olympic summer was Adam Hill's sideway looks at the uh, Paralympics in The Last Leg. And, uh, of course, uh, one American one here, it's showing the final of Homeland. So those are the... It gives you an idea of uh, the top shows that are expected to be here in the UK. So... Um, Ian, really, I think I'm done. I think you're the only one on audio that hasn't yet had your say.
0: Already. Okay, um, well, I was trying you know, to think last week of, of uh, good you know, TV Christmas episodes that were that were outside the norm, um, and I've got a list of the ones that the, you know, a lot of people rattle off. A couple of surprises, I think. Um, but the main one I want to bring up is one that I caught last week, uh, quite by accident, because um, I know we're way, 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 way behind, but we just started watching Bones about a week week and a half ago. Of course we started at, uh uh season one and um uh, watched uh, The Man in the Fallout Shelter, which is uh episode nine of season one. Which is a great little Christmas special. Uh you know, uh, bit, bit on the formulaic side, they get they all get trapped together in, in the lab after uh doing an autopsy around the bones, uh some Dust is released into the air from the bones and there's apparently a contagion in there and so they all have to be quarantined, which was, it's been done before, but uh, there's something really, really nice about this one because um, they end up creating their own little Christmas inside the lab and decorating and uh, they each have to make uh, a present. They do a secret Santa thing and they have to make a present for each other um, and also they get to visit with their family. Um, and for those of you that don't know... Um, um, I mean this is all stuff that's established within the first couple of episodes so it's no big spoilers. uh but uh, the main character um Bones Temperance Brennan uh doesn't have any parents so that that there becomes an issue and you know, she's watching all these people you know uh seeing their families through the glass and and uh communicating with them and and, and it's really quite sweet And the families that come in to visit and of course uh, uh Booth um has a son, uh, but is not uh, has doesn't have really visitation rights, and he gets to see him uh, uh, on Christmas Eve, I think. And so, because they're in there, he doesn't get to see him. And I I, I, I thought, I'm like, oh, great, it's a Christmas episode. Oh yeah, they're all strand. It's going to be kind of like, but no, actually, it was it was really quite touching. And uh, um, at, at the you know at part ways in the episode, uh, my wife and I were uh, both kind of tearing up, and it's it's really nice to be kind of caught by surprise by something like that. Um, to be, you know you think it's just gonna be a schlocky Hollywood uh Christmas. But uh no, it was very well done. Um and, and, and really quite sweet and, and I returned to Megan and say, well I know what i am bringing up next week <laughs> on the episode. So uh if you get a good chance to, to check that one out. I mean if you haven't started watching Bones like like we did didn't um you know go ahead and start watching it but uh um I don't think you'll be uh, spoiling anything if you skip ahead at least to, 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 to Episode 9 of Series 1. Um, there's no great spoilers in it that uh, um, you need to avoid. Um, speaking of uh, American TV and Christmas episodes, and uh, there seems to be... I mean, yeah, we used to have the the big specials that were on, and every every TV show has a Christmas special, but they're usually going to find some way, like bones, of working their way into um, why they're spending Christmas together, especially if it's in an office, or you know, or why they have to talk about a certain thing about Christmas. Yeah, there's a usually manufactured reason behind it. Um, one thing that I do like uh, that seems to crop up recently. I don't know whether it's because of um, Doctor Who or other um, British-type specials, is this uh, Eureka and Warehouse 13. Uh, They are completely unrelated to uh, the the series itself. Uh, They're uh, just this little slice. It's the characters doing a a Christmas special. And so far, the Warehouse 13 ones have been fantastic, and same with Eureka. Uh, They're just... They're a bit of fun. Um and uh, yeah, that's and that's what they should be. I mean, they're just 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 fun. Uh, so if you get a chance to catch them, um Eureka and Warehouse thirteen are both on Netflix. I'm not sure about Hulu. Um, I think all but uh most current season of uh Warehouse thirteen and and Eureka are on Netflix, so um Let's see. From my childhood, of course, all the Rankin Bass ones I remember. Just, you know, they they'd have those on every year. You just sit there, and I used to love those. Um, they're fantastic. I don't know. There was just something special about watching those every year. You get up, and I mean, I used to get up at the crack of dawn, and you'd just turn the TV on, and and there would just be all these these familiar favourites. You know. Um, it's interesting now. I get it now. I got to go. Thanks to you, Dave. Now I got to go find that. Uh, uh, that Father Christmas uh, one because that was one of my favourite books at the library when I was a kid. Uh, Raymond Big, uh, Briggs uh, Father Christmas. I know there's just something fun about that book about Father Christmas taking a vacation and and, and all the things he got up to and, and it's just well drawn too and it, it's just uh, it's kind of neat. Uh, you know he's just this regular guy puts on a pot of tea and he you know, gets plans for his you know holidays and um. So I'm gonna to have to find that now and, and, and watch it. His uh yeah, that was that was one that really uh, took my fancy. Um I remember growing up with the uh um the Are You Being Served uh Christmas episodes and I loved them. Um and as far as I remember, I could be wrong, but I think the reason for the dance numbers it was pretty much a, a done thing for them to do that and there was usually a reason they usually had to perform for Mr. Grace and each floor at least in one of the episodes, I know, each floor did a thing and Mr. Grace would come and visit and, and they'd put on their little show. And, you know, of course, at the end he'd say, you've all done very well. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, that was the reason for it. Um, and I remember seeing something about the, the band episode and uh, I kind of understand, but on the other hand, I don't, because it's not like You being served was ever a politically correct show to begin with. Um, so, I mean... <laughs> Eh, whatever. Um probably give it time if you ask me. Uh one that seems to get thrown on I think I've seen it on one of the lists that that, that they've uh, had was um uh, Jim Henson's uh The Christmas toy. Which I think it way prior to uh to, to Toy Story really kinda um hones in on that, that whole uh the the next new toy um uh, it's about uh, a tiger called Rugby, um, who was the Christmas toy last year. And, uh, um, they're explaining, you know, everybody, all the toys are talking about like, Oh, I wonder what Christmas toy we'll get. will be joining us this year. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm the Christmas toy. I like, do oh, "No, No, no, you were the Christmas toy last year. And, uh, so he makes plans to go downstairs and become the Christmas toy again. Um, which entails taking the new Christmas toy out of the box. And, uh, all kinds of hilarity into of you know toys trying to avoid being seen because if they get seen while they're moving they basically die uh they freeze so if you get a chance uh check that one out because it's uh it's just all kinds of Muppetty goodness a little on the weird side in some places because you know the whole like you know dying toys and yeah. <laughs> uh one of the other ones from and it's, it's probably really obscure. But that's me. Uh, is Christmas comes to Packland? I just remember as a kid loving this little um, Christmas episode. I, I don't even know. I don't know if it's on any any of these lists anywhere to um, tell you. But if you look at it, it'll look it up on YouTube. It's on there. But uh, there was just something fun about. Christmas comes to pac Uh They had little, uh, uh, the, 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 the cups of cocoa had the, the little Pac-Dots in there. <laughs> I don't know. It's cute. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I'm having trouble now thinking of anything else. But uh, Oh, December 16th, 1982, which means I was 10 when it came out, which means I was probably 20 when it came to New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the plot is uh, Pac-Man and the gang help Santa uh, get back on his feet to continue his delivery mission on Christmas Eve after a terrible crash landing uh, and um, you know, trying to avoid the ghost monsters. So, yes. Uh, something to check out. But yeah, I mean, there's just been lots of great things. I mean, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite Doctor Who you know, Christmas special ever, which is the Christmas invasion, because um, A, it's the arrival of David Tennant, but B, actually, no, uh, B, the arrival of David Tennant, a. The TARDIS crash landing is fantastic. I've watched that scene over and over and over again, and it's just fabulous. I just love seeing the TARDIS doing something that we had never really kind of seen it do before. Um, Yeah, I mean we had we've seen it flying through space and spinning and stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, of course it was then kind of replaced by um, the Runaway Bride. But because we'd already done it, it was, you know, like, oh, this is really cool, too. You know, having it hurtling down the highway, bumping into cars, and the kids waving out. Ignore the screaming in the background. Uh, the kids waving out the back. <laughs> and, I don't know, that's, that's just fantastic about the, the Christmas specials is is the TARDIS doing those fantastic things. Um, yeah, that's what makes them special for me.
6: Um
0: and any, any of the other thoughts you want to hear on, the, on Christmas episodes uh, for Doctor Who, all you need to do is uh, tune in to... God, God, lovely segue here. Uh, tune in to any of the Cultum them Collective uh, commentaries on, on the, uh, the Christmas specials, which, of course, our uh, most recent one uh, covering the, uh, the Doctor, the Widow, and the wardrobe will be out shortly. It was delayed, of course, by sickness, uh, but yeah, that'll be coming out shortly. I think that about does it for me until I remember something at the last second.
8: Well, we've got Mike come um, on audio, so oh, we do, we do, we do.
0: Sorry, that's that's me rambling and not even noticing.
7: <laughs> and
0: here he comes, Mr. Randall So, hello, sir.
7: Hello, Ian. Hello, Dave, and hello, everyone else. Yes, hello. I was thinking of some other uh, Christmas episodes for animated series that I, that I've seen and am quite a fan of, and. Uh, Going in order from more well known to lesser well known, of course, uh, start 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 off with South Park. South Park has done its fair share of animated specials, and the series actually started with it with a Christmas special. Actually, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone started the series with a a project in college, uh, Jesus versus Santa, Claus, uh, the Frosty the, the Snowman, which was they had they the kids are building a snowman and they they put them the hat on and it came to life and started killing everyone. And uh, it was like it's like a three and a half minute special. But since then, South Park has done its fair share of Christmas specials. In the early years, it had Miss, the, the, the Mr. Hankey character, and in more recent years, one of my favorites is the the Woodland Critter Christmas. It's just the, the whole bizarre, twisted sense of humor that South Park has encapsulated in that one episode. And it's just a, it's one of my one of my favorites. So South Park, it's uh, it's 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 fun. It's something I it's it's something I like and it's, it's something else animated uh Futurama Futurama has also done its a few Christmas episodes and one of their more well-known characters from that is Robot Santa in the year 3000 the robot Santa Claus that travels around and attacks so yeah Futurama and just uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention um of course uh, I'm also a huge anime fan and various uh, anime series have been have done Christmas episodes uh, Toradora is a, is a series that I I I watched it to, uh, Toradora was a series that came out maybe 4 4 years years ago I I think and they had a good Christmas episode there was also Shokugan no Shana which had a it's where toward the towards the end of that series had a good Christmas episode um Card Capture Sakura also did um Love Hina also had one just so occasionally you get see, which is interesting christmas episodes aren't as common in japanese but that's a whole different discussion um but yeah just wanted to mention some animated christmas episodes so yeah south park futurama some anime that's my contribution here is it's a, a bit noisy here so that's why i've been out out of off of audio uh,
6: the dogs are barking okay. <laughs> right well thank you mike for coming in at the last minute there
8: Now um, uh, Dave? We're, we're pretty much near the end now at uh, two hours. I uh, mean, obviously there's some people that spoke right at the beginning, uh, like um, Ken and although Uncle Cobo's oh, still on audio. Um, just before we do that, how how would you like us to end it? In Do you want me to play that thing I said?
0: I want hey? you to end it on a song, Dave. Who else would like to hear Dave sing a Christmas carol?
8: Hands up, everyone. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Right in it, right in it, Lana, you're right in it. <laughs> Never ask. Never ask.
8: <laughs> OK, well, I think you should go around the room then.
0: Wait, <laughs> you're not going to sing then? then?
8: Hmm. Yes, I'll sing. Uh, hang on a minute, just let me, <laughs> just let me clear my throat. <laughs> and a baby,
6: just slip a sable Tree for me, being an awful good girl, Santa baby. So, hurry down the chimney tonight, Santa baby.
8: Drinking a glass of water as I'm saying that,
10: brilliant.
0: <laughs> if you want to go round the room again and see if there's any any more that anybody has, uh, uh thought of, feel free.
8: Okay, I'm assuming that means you've got noise what at your you end. So, uh, ke- well, I would rather you did that. Yes. Okay, fine. But Ken, let's go to let's see if Ken has. Ken's the most likely one because Ken's waited <laughs> and listened.
2: I, I think that was a beautiful rendition, Dave. I think that was oh,
0: amazing. He does it in a red dress too. Yeah.
2: I, more, more, applause, applause. More, more. Put it on, put it on. Um, uh, what Dave mentioned, a uh, snowman. I, I've, I've seen that once. the beautiful special. Uh, thanks for mentioning that other one. I'll, I'll try and get that. Um. Um, South Park, like Mike mentioned, although didn't they also do, uh, I think their first episode that was shown was um, Jesus versus Santa Claus? Yeah, that was the original episode, yeah. Okay, Okay. because you said Frosty, so I didn't know there was a... One with oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah.
7: There they were there were actually t- yeah two different versions. There was two different okay. versus the Santa Claus and versus Santa. So they uh, they they did both things. Yeah. Okay, okay,
2: really good. Um, other specials I can't think of. Christmas toy. Glad Ian mentioned that's that's a really good one. Um, kind of cover the gamut. Blackadder Christmas uh, special. Um. Darth mentioning Moonlighting gets me in the mood to watch The Good Days of Moonlighting again. But I, th- I think we covered about everything. Um, there should be more music, musical Christmas specials. I wish, like, Buffy would have done a musical Christmas special or something along with Once More with Feeling, which would have been good. Um, there used to be something that was on and I'm talking years and years ago. I remember... A mall and the Night Visitors, this um, operetta that was on, which was beautiful, that they used to uh, show every year. Um, that's not that's not shown. Generally, the only Christmas specials I think are the uh, country Christmas or. Uh, Lighting of the Christmas tree, or the Rockettes or something. But
8: um, American singers did do that. I mean, I, I had got a clip. Uh, I think it's a bit late to play it now, but I mean, like Andy Williams, that would have them, and then the other the other various crooners would have their um, Christmas specials with uh, you know, little little comic s- yeah. scenes in them. And, that's uh, kind of gone,
2: that's kind of gone passé because you know mm-hmm. they don't regularly have variety shows anymore, like the Dean Martin mm-hmm. show.
4: I don't know about if it's gone passe. I mean, just yesterday, there's the Michael Buble special.
2: Yep, no, but oh. I, mean, I mean, people who regularly have specials on, and they I mean, have, have their version, you know, yeah, like Harley Palace and, and all of that. Um, oh, some, something else mentioned, which is nice. Uh, Saturday Night Live generally does a really good clip show every year of their best Christmas bits. So that's always good. They uh, they usually do that on prime time, um, not generally in their regular spot, uh, usually from uh, 10 to 11 spot every year. But, um, you know... I...
8: The, the, sorry, the musical ones, they were the Carpenters did the Christmas specials. Uh, Donnie and Marie Osmond used to do Christmas specials. Andy Williams, um, Bob Hope Christmas specials. Bing Crosby specials, Dean Martin, Perry Como, um, and that's from the, the link I've just put in the room uh, from Wikipedia, list of United States Christmas television specials.
2: They had That very, very famous clip of uh, Bing Crosby and uh, David Bowie doing Little Drummer Boy and uh, Peace on Earth at that Christmas special. It's... Uh, I don't think Bing Crosby ever looks at David Bowie once during that song. Uh, Or did he know who he was singing with at the time? But uh, it's a wonderful uh, moment. But I think that covered everything. And um, happy holidays to everyone.
13: Thank you, sir.
8: Uh, has anybody else got, rather than go, Kobo's still with us. I don't know whether you're at your microphone, Kobo. Um, we thought we'd lost you early on because you wanted to go first, but have you got anything to add? You may have missed things that we've covered. Maybe that's just the connection is just not released. Darth, did you want to add anything more in? And if not, we're. I think we're getting close to wrapping now. No. Okay. Well, let me before Ian just says uh, our goodbyes, um, and I must, I'll let Ian decide what we're going to how we're going to end the show. Just to say that uh, next week we will be doing a review, um, unsurprisingly, of the Doctor Who Christmas Special 2012, and I've deliberately not mentioned the name of the episode, but um, of course that airs uh, on Christmas Day in a few countries. We will be talking about it on uh, Sunday, the 30th of December. So, Ian... Alrighty, you done, then? Yep, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alrighty. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and we uh, all we hope you all have a safe and happy Christmas and holiday season. And, of course, um, you'll catch us next week as we discuss, like I've said... Um, the thing that's going to be on
8: in a couple of days.
0: <laughs> so uh, join us then. Dave, anything you want to say before we close out?
8: No, uh, 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 since we've gone this long, I, I don't think I was going to play a, a, a bit of our little Christmas message, but I do remind people if they only come to the live shows that on the iTunes feed, you can listen yep. to our five-minute Christmas message, which has myself, Ian, and Mike Yes,
0: and we all wrote it, too. It's it's a play what we wrote. <laughs> well, actually, Dave wrote most of it, and then we, then Mike and I...
8: That's made it, it better. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: there's that.
8: <laughs> all
0: right, thank you very much, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. And uh, have fun, and have a safe Christmas. Until then, it's Merry Christmas from Mr. Dave A.C.
8: And it's a happy new year from Ian.
0: The sixth doctor.
8: God, i got to remind him to say everything.
6: Goodbye, everyone. Well, no.
8: Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to Bye. get that mistake mistaken somewhere.
6: <laughs> Goodbye.
8: Bye.